Welcome to the Oxford Psychiatry podcast series. I'm Charlotte Allen and today I'm here with Professor Catherine Harmer, who's a Professor of Cognitive Neuroscience and Research Fellow at Corpus Christi College. She's also Director of the Psychopharmacology and Emotional Research Lab here at the Department of Psychiatry. And her research focuses on the psychological mechanisms of antidepressant drug action by exploring drug effects on human models of emotional processing. And I'm sure she'll tell us today a little bit more about what that means and a bit more about her current research. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you for coming today to talk to us. Before we talk about your research, could you tell me a bit about your career so far and how you've ended up working in psychology and the boundary between psychology and psychiatry? Sure. Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. Um, I started off uh, studying experimental psychology at the University of York and I became particularly interested in how the brain works and and how it can go wrong and how we might be able to uh, treat things that that go wrong with the brain Um, and then I decided to do a PhD looking at the role of uh, dopamine um, and the effects of drugs of abuse on dopamine and how we process reward and pleasure and how we learn about um, uh, these kinds of of things to do with um, drugs like amphetamine or or cocaine. But then I was really interested in applying this same kind of background to um, human psychopharmacology and psychiatry and disorders like depression, anxiety uh, disorders and bipolar disorder. And I was able to come here to Oxford uh, for my first uh, postdoctoral research position, where I was working with uh, Professor Guy Goodwin and Professor Phil Cowan, looking at the effects of um, an amino acid depletion um, in acutely unwell manic patients. So that was a really um, interesting experience because I got the opportunity to be in a psychiatry department for the first time and in a psychiatry ward. Um, I got to learn about how to assess um, patients who are undergoing those kinds of experiences and um, looking for changes with this um, amino acid milkshake. Um, So that was a a steep learning curve. And and then I became particularly interested in how antidepressant drug treatments may work, particularly at this interface between psychology and and psychiatry and and pharmacology, and really trying to understand how uh, the the drug treatments which are used in these um, kinds of conditions affect how we deal with emotional information, how our brain responds to different types of emotional and social situations in a way that can help us understand how these drug treatments are working. And so since that time, I've been pursuing that kind of line of of research through a series of different types of of roles. I uh, got a a training fellowship from the Medical Research Council to set me off on that path, and then a subsequent fellowship. And I'm now here as a a professor of cognitive neuroscience in the department. That was really interesting. Thank you. What inspired you to embark on this research career? I think it started from a very basic interest in, in the brain being this, this complete mystery uh, and knowing very little about the brain and what happens when different things go wrong in, in the brain. And it seemed to me really uncharted territory and also in a way that might be particularly useful to, to human health when things go, go wrong in the brain or when people suffer from mental health disorders. There are treatments available, but they're not perfect 
um, treatments. And so I think it's it's a much needed area to try and develop and understand how treatments are working so we can develop new ones and, and improve the overall treatment of, of these different kinds of um, disorders. And so I think for me it's a combination of being a very exciting um, research trajectory with lots of unanswered questions and lots of things to, to find out about. Every day is different, but also it's research within a very applied setting. With re The real aim is to try and improve um, treatment for people, particularly with depression and um, mood disorder and, and anxiety disorders. And so I think that that is a, is a, is a really exciting um, and much needed area that, that kind of keeps me going and gets me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, so it's a, a valuable thing to do. Yes. And yes. um, could you say a bit more about what you've done so far with your research and about what your findings were of how the antidepressants do work in sure. the very early phases? Yes. Yeah. So when we started looking uh, at antidepressant drug action, the most often uh, view was that antidepressants work by reversing um, chemical imbalances in, in the brain. So things like... Uh, serotonin were, were thought to be important in depression and how drug treatments work and so if you went along to your to your doctor or your your friends how how are my treatment how's my treatment working most people would answer that kind of level it works by increasing the level of serotonin in your brain but it became clear that that's only really part of the the answer it doesn't really tell you why increasing serotonin in your brain can help to treat the many different often psychological symptoms of depression so feeling low and not having um, the same kind of pleasure in things that you normally enjoy problems in concentration anxiety it's not really clear how changing serotonin is, is leading to changes mm -hmm. in those kinds of symptoms at the same time um, psychologists often focus on uh, negative biases in in how we process information so that when we're depressed we know that um we're more likely to focus on negative things that have happened or negative cues in the environment much more than we focus on positive cues and we do this even when we're not noticing that we're picking up any information at all so very implicit ways of dealing with emotional information become much more negative when you're depressed so effectively you're just re receiving a lot more negative information without being really aware of, of where it's coming from and we were able to put these two things together because we found that when we gave people an antidepressant their processing became a lot more positive they were more likely to pick up on positive facial expressions of emotion they were more likely to remember positive words in a, in a memory test and the interesting thing was that that happened without them noticing not they didn't feel any happier or any more positive at, at that stage and it also occurred very very quickly and we know that with antidepressants traditionally you need to take the drugs for, for a good few weeks before you notice any change in your your symptoms of depression mm -hmm. but actually this research showed that as soon as you've taken the very first tablet of antidepressant and it's been absorbed you can start to see these psychological changes you don't feel any better but your your brain and your uh, psychology is becoming shifted towards the more positive perspective and our hypothesis is that these changes in processing are what allows patients to feel better over time as you start taking more positive information it starts to reinforce more positive views of yourself and your, your place in the world and this allows you to recover in interactions with things that are going on in your environment and so this really puts a very psychological view on 
how antidepressant drug treatments are working. And it, it gives you all kinds of ideas about how you might facilitate the effects of antidepressants or how you might be able to test new ones or how you might be able to think about combining psychological treatments with drug treatments. And so I think it's, it's, it's a, an, an interface of lots of different areas, but hopefully by having this broader perspective, we can give a better answer for how these drug treatments are working in a way that might help treatments of the future. Uh, that certainly seems very helpful for, for patients to know about that and also for clinicians who are prescribing drugs to know how their treatments might be being effective. Yes. And as you say, if you can boost that with further psychological treatment, then all the better. Absolutely. Yeah. And a, a lot of um, patients and clinicians have um, come up to me when I've been presenting this work at conferences and meetings and said it seems to ring true that actually you can start to see differences in, in patients, perhaps how they're uh, interacting, perhaps how they're um, smiling in response to things that, that, that other people are doing, that seem to suggest that the antidepressants, it's not like a, a switch that's directly targeting your, your mood per se, but it's, mm. it's affecting how you're taking in information. And if you're taking in more positive information, you're going to respond to it, even before you're necessarily conscious of it. So it certainly seems to, um, to be something that, that uh, lines up with with what patients themselves have experienced as well as um, the clinicians treating them. Well, that's great. Uh, what's your current research focusing on? Uh, well, we're, we're continuing with this um, research looking at the uh, effects of antidepressants on emotional processing, but we're particularly interested in if we can use this approach to predict who's likely to respond to antidepressant drug treatment. Mm -hmm. So we know that there's a lot of variability in um response to different types of treatment around 40 to 60 percent of, of patients will respond um, to any uh, first given antidepressant um, okay. treatment but at the moment there's no real way of knowing who um, is likely to benefit from a particular treatment and because of the delay in um, seeing antidepressant effects this can often be a very long and frustrating experience for, for for patients because they may try one antidepressant, it doesn't work, then they might have to try a different dose or a different type of antidepressant, effectively through a process of trial and error. So what we're interested in is that if these early changes in emotional processing are a mechanism by which the treatments are working, then those patients that show really good changes, early changes in emotional processing should be the ones who then go on and respond to the treatment in, in question. And if you can tell that after just one dose or after a few doses, that really dramatically reduces the waiting time for okay. uh, the That could have treatment. quite a dramatic effect on, on patients then, on, on their ability to get effective treatment. So the aim is that it would result in, in speedier and more timely management of, of patients with depression. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you're a patient and you're experiencing these kinds of symptoms, instead of waiting effectively months before you find the right combination of treatments, you could cycle through these different options much more quickly and effectively um, come up with the right balance of treatments um, much more quickly. And we know that, that the experience of depression is a very ex individual experience and not all treatments will work for everybody. And often it is about trying different things, um, different combinations, different doses, mm -hmm. and, and getting the best possible combination for each and every patient. So one of the aims that we're currently uh, working on is, is looking at these, these early shifts in emotional processing as predictors of clinical response. Well, that sounds really useful and, and nice that the research is applicable in clinical practice and 
will have quite a major impact, I would think. Yes, and I think the second potential application of that is that we're working together with um, pharmaceutical drug companies to use these kinds of measures as uh, screening tools for completely new uh, types of treatment for depression. So um, at the moment, most treatments target the same kinds of chemicals in the brain, particularly ones like uh, serotonin and noradrenaline. But there's lots of interest and lots of research on completely different um, types of target in the brain for, for depression. And the key problem that pharmaceutical companies have is how uh, to prioritise testing different treatments over one another. So there have been huge advances in the chemistry and biology of, of making new drug treatments, but to actually effectively test it in a sample of depressed patients takes many years and many billions of, of pounds. And what we hope to do is to use these kinds of early markers as a way of, of screening new treatments that look particularly promising and may therefore be fast-tracked through to the full randomised clinical trial. And I think this potentially this kind of approach may have a, a huge impact on how um, drug treatments are, are developed and particularly, again, making these drug treatments available in a more timely uh, manner. And I think this could be a, a particularly exciting way forward because there is such a lot of new knowledge about new targets for depression and yet there's this real bottleneck in getting them tested out into the in the clinic and so if we can prioritize which ones are the most important I think that this is is, um, another potential application of this kind of work. Oh I agree it sounds really exciting as a way forward. Thank you. Um, if, so if people want to learn more about your research, um, particularly psychiatrists or psychologists interested in doing research, how should they contact you or where can they find more information? You can find more information on our website and the mm-hmm. Department of Psychiatry um, University page. There's also a, a short video about some of this work with some uh, pictures of the kinds of uh, emotional stimulus stimuli that we use in these kinds of studies on YouTube that you can uh, have access to by um, typing something like Catherine Harmer and depression okay. um, and of course uh, everyone's very welcome to email me directly for more information and I can be very happy to send uh, papers or to meet people who are interested in doing this kind of research. Great well thank you very much for talking to me today. Thank you very much. Bye.